So do you see the significance now of Jesus speaking these words? Do you see what he's saying about himself? He's saying that I am the great I am. I am the one who was, who is, and who will be forever. I am the one who brought the Israelites out of Egypt and brought them through the desert and into the promised land. I am the one who has cared about these people for so long. I am the one who has guided everything in your life. I am your good shepherd. That's who I am for you. I am the one willing to lay down my life for you. about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintigard.com. The word identity has got to be one of the greatest buzzwords of this century. I mean, it's one of the great searches of most every person to answer This question, who am I? Or maybe it's better put, who am I meant to be? I could probably count off five of the most recent Disney movies and show you how identity is at least tangentially part of the heart of that movie. And I could quote you uh, facts and figures about how Americans are growing increasingly in anxiety because they don't know who they truly are. And I could preach sermon after sermon after sermon talking about the search for identity in people. It's important. Identity is what drives us. It's what gives us the confidence to live and move. It's it's part of who we are. It's where we find our strength. And we are about to read a text that will tell you everything. In this text that we're about to read, you are going to see Christ's identity and your identity in him. This text is that huge. Let's read together John chapter 10, verses 1 through 15. This is the great Good Shepherd text in the Bible. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him, because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. 
they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, so when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Back in 2014, (laughs) the world learned something new about social media. Because in March of that year, Justin Bieber lost almost three and a half million followers on Instagram. And he wasn't the only one. Basically, every celebrity lost hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of followers on that day. Because what Instagram was doing as a company is they were going through their database and wiping out every account that was fake. See, there was kind of a little bit of a black market of, of Instagram accounts that could be bought and sold for money. And this was a really hard day for a lot of people. It's a day that has gone down in infamy. They, when I was researching this, I realized that there is a name for this day and this happening. It's called the Great Instagram Purge of 2014. You can Google it and read, and read articles about it. And it was a hard day for people because they realized something about the way that they had been thinking about themselves. They realized that the affirmations and the likes and the self that they had curated to fit the likes that they were getting very well might have been fake. And they lost a lot of confidence in themselves in that. And, and, and this is kind of what I'm getting at, that at that time and in this time, Instagram is far more than an image-sharing service. You know, for some people, Instagram is a service and a platform that, that enables you to construct and maintain an identity. And it gives you a metric in your life by which you can measure affection and love and care, these, these needs that we know we need to have met. What I'm saying is that profiles matter. The way people see us matters. And obviously, it's not just an Instagram account that, that, that has us building up identities and profiles for people. We can do it with something as simple as a Christmas card. You know, you see, you take a beautiful picture of yourself and your family and, and you send it out to all of your family and friends so that they can know that you're doing great. Or I could talk about even something as small as, a, as your Zoom profile. You know, you, you have that, that smile pasted on during the meeting and you have your Zoom background that you've curated in such a way. 
Or I could talk about the personas that you carry around in different situations. The, the persona that you have with friends, the persona that you have with family, the persona that you have at church, and the persona that you have at home. Profiles matter. And I'm not making light of any of this because I know that this goes down to our core. It goes down into our identity. And whatever platform we use to construct our identity, whether it is Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, whether it's a job, whether it's a resume, whether it's the clothes we wear, whether it's the house that we buy or the neighborhood that we live in or the car that we buy, all of these things are us trying to achieve for ourselves the confidence and love and care and assurance that we perceive that we really, really need. But what we don't realize when we construct an identity for ourselves is that every time we construct that identity for ourselves, it hurts. Every time. In high school, I went out for the football team. And I had never played football before. And it's not really a good idea to go out for the football team when you've never played football before. But I wanted to fit in in my new school. And I knew that football guys are cool. And so I wanted to go out for the football team. I wanted to find my identity in being one of those guys. And so I played football all four years of high school, and you can ask Karis, I never was really in a good mood at all during any one of those football seasons. It just wasn't me. And I'll tell you, it wasn't because I wasn't good at football that I wasn't really happy about it. The truth is, I, I was pretty good. I was, I've been this size since sixth grade, and so freshman, sophomore, even junior year, I was bigger than almost anyone on the field. And the coaches learned that if you give me the ball, I can run in a straight line and I can at least fall forward for a few yards. And so I got the ball more and more throughout my football career. And, and as we went from juniors to being seniors, I was one of the guys. I was one of the leaders of the guys. And, and, and we went from being 0-9 our junior year to being 5-0 our senior year, and everything was going really, really well until everything stopped working. No, our offense stopped. Our defense was full of holes. Our team just blew up. And I could give you the X's and O's of, of what happened, but suffice it to say that my coach blamed it on me. In most practices, he would pull me out and single me out in front of the whole team and tell me why us losing was my fault. And he would talk to me about it in the hallways at school, and he would pull me into his office and, and ask me questions about why I was doing this to the team. As you can imagine, my confidence grew flatter and flatter, and my identity as one of the guys, it was wrecked. 
See, I had an identity that was rooted in being a football guy and being a football player. And now looking back at it, I can see that God loved me so much that he took that identity away from me and he showed me how fragile and passing and unfulfilling that is. And I'll tell you something, you have built your identity on something too. And you can discover yourself by asking, it, by asking yourself just one question. Who am I? The scary part about this is that there are an infinite amount of identities that we can construct for ourselves. And usually they're good. They're usually good and healthy vocations that we take way too far into an extreme. And we take things like motherhood and fatherhood and career and health and financial security and these things become the center of our lives. And what we don't realize when we do this is that when we construct an identity for ourselves, it always ends the same way. It always ends with frustration and foolishness and anger and spiritual ruin. Like the me that walked off the football field every day my senior year. You see, it has to be God. It has to be God that gives us our identity, otherwise it will fail. It has to be God that gives us a a sure foundation on which we can build our lives and on which we can rest in our lives. It has to be God that gives us identity. Otherwise, we know how it will end. And that's why I think it is so, so important to see this in today's text. That your identity comes from Jesus' identity. They are inextricably combined. And I told you before that I read the text that you were going to be able to see Jesus' identity and your identity in him. Did you catch what it is? Jesus tells us, he repeats it to us. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. He even repeats it to us. And I'll ask you this question. If Jesus is the good shepherd, then who are you? You are a sheep. And yeah, I know there's a lot of baggage with thinking of yourself as a sheep right now. And yeah, I know that generally when you think of sheep, you're thinking of an animal that's not too intelligent, that, that wanders away from the flock, that is, that is strong-headed and fragile. But I want you to see who you are in relation to who Jesus says he is. Think about about it this way. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And if he is the good shepherd, you are a sheep. You are a sheep and Jesus is your good shepherd who lays down his life for you. 
You are a sheep and Jesus is your good shepherd who knows you better than anyone ever will. You are a sheep and Jesus is your good shepherd who guides you all of your days. You are a sheep and Jesus is your good shepherd who will care for you and love you better and more thoroughly and more profoundly than anyone ever could. You are a sheep and Jesus is your good shepherd who has laid down his life for you so that you can live forever. We are chosen. We are those who have been chosen to be members of Jesus' flock. And that's where we find our identity. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, why is Pastor Borman preaching so much about identity with this text? I want to show something to you. That in a way, this text is all about identity. Over and over again, Jesus reveals who he is to us. He says, I am. I am the gate. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. He repeats himself like that. Have you ever heard of the I am statements of John? We have two of them here. Seven times throughout this entire gospel, John records seven sayings of Jesus where he reveals himself in statements so powerful that only God could say them. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate, the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. And I got to tell you that when Jesus says, I am, it means something incredible. It means that he's moving our minds back to the Old Testament so that we can see something more about him. See, what I am meant to anyone who was listening to him at that time, it brought them back to the time of Moses. When God was calling Moses to bring his people out of Egypt, Moses was afraid. And he asked God to his face, who should I say has sent me? And God replied, tell them, I am has sent you. That's it. Tell them, I am has sent you. So do you see the significance now of Jesus speaking these words? Do you see what he's saying about himself? He's saying that I am the great I am. I am the one who was, who is, and who will be forever. I am the one who brought the Israelites out of Egypt and brought them through the desert and into the promised land. I am the one who has cared about these people for so long. I am the one who has guided everything in your life. I am your good shepherd. 
That's who I am for you. I am the one willing to lay down my life for you. And I am the one who will give you my perfection so that you can be with me forever. I am the God of creation and of life and death, and I love you so much that I will give this to you. That's who Jesus reveals himself to be today. He gives us his identity in his love and in his care and in everything that he does for us. I am the good shepherd. So now I want to bring this home for you today. I want you to be able to go home and, and, and be able to see your identity in Christ's identity. Ask yourself this question. Who am I? When you ask that question, what do you do? You, you make a list of the things that you are. You know, if I were to do that, I would make a list and say, I am a father, I am a husband, I am a pastor, I am a brother, I am a son, I am a runner, whatever it might be. That's what we do when we form out our identity. What does God do when he looks at our identity? What God does is he gives his I am statements to you. Through Jesus, he does that. The things that he is, he gives those things to you as gifts. And so that because of that, you have an identity that will never fail you. And you have an identity by which you can say, this is who I am. I am a child of God. Through the blood of Jesus, this is what I am. I am holy and I am Righteous, I am a sheep in Jesus' pasture. See, this is what I hope that I can share with you today. That in Jesus, when the question of identity comes up for us, it's so different. Because the question changes from who are you? And it changes to whose are you? And when the greatest question of our lives turns from a question that puts pressure on us to be something and do something and achieve something, and when that changes to a question that reveals what has already been done for you, that's when you can rest. That's when you can truly be free in the gospel of Jesus. That by his death on the cross, he has made you perfect. He has made you his child. He has laid down his life for you as the good shepherd. That's what I really learned during that football season. I called my dad during a really low moment, like I always do, 
And I remember the exact words that he told me. And they're words that he had told me all my childhood and has continued to tell me into my adulthood. And and they are now a mantra at the Borman family house here in Oregon. He said, you are God's child. You are loved. You are cared for. You are safe. That's all he said. He reminded me that no matter what, I am Jesus' child. I am a rescued sinner. And I am safe and I am loved and I am cared for no matter what. He reminded me that I am a sheep (laughs) shepherded by the good shepherd. And in that, the gospel set me free. So whose are you? You are God's child. You are a sheep of his pasture. You are loved. You are accepted. You are affirmed. You are cared for. I want to end today's sermon by praying with you the words of the 23rd Psalm. Uh, This was written by King David, who began his life as a shepherd. And he wrote this psalm for you so that you can see what it's like when God is your shepherd. You can feel free to read along with me on this. This is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.